we made this. My holiday first. I'm supposed to be going to Rome in July. Oh, look, look not, at you. Not fucking happening. No, probably not. No. I'm I'm about 90% sure it's not happening now. My mate Giacomo, um, I was planning on going to York the other week, which uh, last weekend, sorry, which never ended up happening, but I messaged him to ask if he wanted to hang out, and he was in self-isolation because he'd uh, just been to visit his parents in Italy. Ah, right. And come, come back just as the outbreak was kicking off, so... Oh, lovely. Uh, I thought you were about to mention, because um, the first outbreak in York is literally around the corner from uh, Cinema Tree. Uh, from, oh, from, really? from the stu- recording studio, Dave's house. <laughs> Dave's squat. Um, yeah, which is quite funny because a couple of my wrestling friends stay in the exact same place. Really? They went there for wrestling in January, about two days before it all happened. Shit. I mean, <laughs> if the Chloe okay, I mean, the night might not because they went to uh, the bit in Germany that's quite infected over last weekend. So Yeah. Yeah, coronavirus is fun, isn't it? It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure swine flu was a serious, but I never got to hear much about it. I heard references to it back in the day, but yeah, when wasn't... we were when we were kids, we just didn't really know what was going on, did we? We were like twenty by then. Was it? Was it? Oh, I'm, think, I'm thinking of mad cow disease. That's why. You see, I remember mad cow disease a lot more than what I do swine flu. And it's I... weird, but I think it, it it was the year we graduated from uni, so I think we we're just so in our bubble at the time. Yeah, that's probably right. And it basically predates social media. I mean, we we used Twitter first, way before everyone else did. At Excel Comics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that takes me back. <laughs> I got banned. From, this is shows how Twitter's changed. I got banned from Twitter with my old um, account back in the day for um, following too many people. Right, okay. I'll too many at one time because it thought it would be a spam. Yeah, it right. assumed I was spam, so it just completely closed my account down. No, I do remember that happening to other people. In all fairness, yeah, I think um, I'm. I think I'm one strike away. <laughs> More than likely, I pissed off Ricky Martin the other week. Did you? Well, his record label. Oh. You, you know those old. Um, the videos I did, like literally over a year ago, now Austin, Austin of a rock band, other music over it. Yeah, yeah. I suddenly got flagged for that a year later. <laughs> Cease and desist. Basically, yeah. Really weird. So, anyway, preamble. Sorry. Yeah, actual preamble. Um, so we've just our most recent episode at the time of this recording, mm-hmm. Stephen Anderson's episode, already four listens away from hitting the hundred club. Just reveal how little listeners we have normally, why don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Well, I just thought we could talk about... The, I, I, I thought you'd be interested in uh, what other film, uh, what other episodes we've done have made it onto the 100 Club. Okay, then. So, can, can, uh, can you redouble it and say 1,000 instead? Yeah, sure. 10,000. 10, if yeah. you're listening to Squarespace, that's 15,000 <laughs> listeners we have. Can we have a 10% off code, please? <laughs> Um, yeah, so we've got one, two, three, four. We've got five other episodes. Do you know what? The, can you guess what they might be? <laughs> so yeah, Tomorrowland. Absolutely, Kane in every other film. We've, it's nearly on two hundred. I, I, I don't get it. Listens. I really don't. No, I don't know why it's so popular compared to all the others. Maybe I, it's the one that people are genuinely like 
completely missed at the time and are interested to find out if it was any good. I was literally about to say, I think more people listen to an episode than who actually saw it in the cinema. <laughs> yeah, more than likely. Um, I did message um, friend of the podcast, Grace, the other day to congratulate her because The Princess Diaries has also hit 100 listens. That was a good episode, if I remember rightly. So yeah. that deserved it. Yeah, and uh, one of our favourites that we watched, Condor Man. Random, very random. Like, why are people so interested in film from 1981? A lot of people that interact with us online often bring up Condor Man as having remembered it from being a kid. So I think it's a lot of people's entry point to the, our show. So what you're saying is that we've got an aging demographic? Yeah, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Um, then one of your favourites, Escape to Witch Mountain? That was a pretty decent film, yeah. Yeah, I remember watching that as a kid, and I'm glad it, that's doing well as well. Seems to be a nice mix going on, because I was a bit worried that if we'd start skewing too new and that became popular, then we wouldn't be able to go back to the other old ones, which as much as I hate seeing the, the same film over and over again, I think it's more in spirit with the podcast. Do you think there's ever going to be a, like a demographic for this show? Like, Do you ever think there's going to be a period that people prefer over others? And... Well, from what you're saying at the minute, I think we're about to die out from the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then our final one that's in the 100 Club is the Computer War Tennis Shoes. OG. The, the first episode. Now, I can say this with a lot of confidence on Cinema Watch Shoes as well. When people pick up a new podcast... Most of the time, they go to the first ever episode instead of the latest one. So, yeah. so that, whatever number that's on, that's almost everyone that's ever checked us out. Which is really stupid because our first episode's never going to be the best one, is it? Well, well you, it's, it's you, not you, right. you, you hope not. You hope not. I'd like to think we've learned as we've uh, progressed, though. No. <laughs> Capable of reading my handwriting, is that what it is? Your handwriting's a lot better than mine. Have you seen mine? That's, oh, yeah, that, I can't read your handwriting. That's what I've got to read off of uh, tonight. Your handwriting is sharp. It looks like it would hurt me if I read it. I used to have somewhat okay handwriting, but then from doing admin work, I've de- developed a shorthand and it all looks terrible now. I was trying to think of a little gimmick I could put on here, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Maybe I should read it backwards. Go on then. Gem Hidden A4 Hunt, the on movies, Disney, action, live, forgotten, and obscure, V review, and watch, we, where, podcast, V, podcast, mouse, A, without, two, welcome, and hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Almost got it. <laughs> yeah, spot on. Well done. I'm Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you for joining us once again. Uh, I believe going by the schedule I was absent last time. Sorry about that. I actually have no idea why I was absent for that, in hindsight. Because it was on a, we recorded on a Sunday. Yeah, but I think the uh, date it was going out, or the date you were originally supposed to record, I wasn't away then. You were going to record later in the month when I am away. Who knows? Enjoy me, Tim. Hello, you, Tim. You were the one that said you were away. That's why we said it. But yeah, we did end up having to reschedule anyway because of having a cold. Yes, twice. Cold, not corona. Yes. Before anyone starts. <laughs> Possibly seasonal flu. 
it's very hair raising stuff for a guy that's supposed to be going to do some international traveling with in the next four days that this uh pan it's officially been declared a pandemic today we're just very really dating this podcast because i think this is supposed to go in may isn't it oh yeah we'll have been yeah either when this goes out i'll be dead or uh nah you'll be fine <laughs> you'll just have self-isolated for two weeks when- so what did you do in your self-isolation tim uh, I played Tiddlywinks. Oh, nothing new then. <laughs> uh, well, Disney Plus will be out when we get back, so if we do end up in self isolation, I'll you know that's that's me sorted. Bargain. Yeah. So how are you? yeah, it's it's been a while, hasn't it? We haven't really seen each other. I think another month's passed by again since we last recorded. It's crazy. So, and I know this sounds odd to like listeners because you know we're on every fortnight, but sometimes we're able to do. Four or five recordings in a row. I think our record so far was six last yeah, summer. Yeah, it was, yeah. Six straight weeks we managed to do it, and then we ended up not recording for like two months straight after that. <laughs> yeah, we had a really good bank of episodes, and they've pretty much dwindled away now. We've, yeah. We've we've recorded and I've edited enough so that after we get back from the holiday, it's not too much of a rush, so that's good. We've definitely, definitely, definitely finalised our plans for the uh, the Florida trip now, and it's set in stone because i've laminated the itinerary so Ooh. <laughs> the um itinerary app you can get for your phone on at disney is notoriously um temperamental and has a tendency to crash all the time so i've laminated me and kirsty these little cards with every all the day's plans on and we've got a different card for every day because i'm that guy i mean to me, and I said this last time I was on the podcast, it sounds so stressful <laughs> and so, I don't know, too much organisation. To be fair, at least all the organisation gets done before you go and then like you don't have to think about it too much once you're there. I said thinking, shit, it's two o'clock, we're supposed to be kicking Mickey in the balls now. <laughs> well, yeah, apart from that. Whereas like when I go on a holiday, just like get plonked in a place and go, well, I'll walk around for a bit and see what I'll discover. There are pluses and minuses to both ways of having a holiday. Just a holiday in general. Yeah, how's your holiday to Rome going to be then, Chris? <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> Unless we can eradicate the virus in... How many months? No, it's not happening. No, it's definitely not no, happening. No, definitely not happening. Uh, <laughs> less than four months when we're recording, <coughs> about less than two months when this goes out. Yeah. Nope. Oh, well, sucks to be you. Yeah, you're going on your own, Yeoman. Sorry. I would uh, I would gloat, but honestly, like, I don't want to in case my holiday gets cancelled. I think, more, as you say, the further down the line we get, the more likely travel's going to be an issue. So I'm, I've got this thing of us like getting out to florida and then finding out we can't get back so anyway we might be you know we might not have a holiday or we might have a four-month holiday because we can't get back so anyway yeah have you got your travel insurance sorted out (laughs) yes travel insurance is all sorted good you'll be all right then yeah (laughs) shall we talk about a film go on then so if we fucking must yes no, I've got your paperwork. Have you read it? You're not going to push me around. Don't insult me. Don't insult me. Money's never a problem. You listen to me. You just have to honor the correct price. You got that? What? <gasps> then go home, Toby. You make me sick. I can't do this many leaves for 10 bucks. Grow up, Toby. Mac, open internet, please. Command unknown. I think I have to research alternative specs. 
Searching alternative sex. What? Listing. No, shut down. Barnyardlove.net. Abort. Funwithfruit.com. Oh, snap! A softball pitch. You think you're good at this? Uh, oh! Get me a snow cone. Wow. This is it. A road trip. I can't get off work. Come on, guys. What do we have to look forward to anymore? In my day, the ladies stayed home, not the lazy men. In your day, the men were busy building pyramids. I think you all need this trip. They may not know how to ride. I gotta work on the fist tapping thing. No, you gotta work on the bike riding thing. But when they hit the road, they had no idea it would hit back. From Touchstone Pictures, they went looking for an adventure. <laughs> what did you do? Maybe I blew up their bar. Oh! I know, that was bad. And found a journey. Wild baby! They'd never forget. Never let life get too safe. Every now and then, you gotta slap a bull. This'll be interesting to see now that the bull's alert. Alert! Wild hogs. What do we have here? Four men in a bed, spooning. You fellas don't even recognize how lucky you are to have each other. Damn lucky. Are you wearing pants? No. So, to add to your misery, Ugh. if there's any misery, you go on a holiday. Hooray! Yay! So, I wanted to send you off in the right mood mm. by that being ironic. It's 2007's Wild Hogs, starring a dream team. Imagine this, <laughs> a, like, top billing that leads a Reading Festival. Tim Allen, Martin Lawrence, William H. Macy, the other one, I just forgot in my train of thought. John Travolta. Him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to put into context, I'll read the text that I sent to you um, earlier today as I was watching it. That's the only thing we're going away on holiday this week is I've been absolutely like running around like a mm. blue ass fly today. Um, so I had to leave it right till the last minute to watch this film. I, I called this film my specific brand of hell. Yep. You're welcome. This, this was really, really difficult for me. <laughs> Can you say why now, or is it going to get into a spoiler? No, I think we'll just... I, I, I know there's specifically one bit, which I've completely forgot about. I say one bit, it's a gag that comes up immediately shortly like, after where I thought, hmm, yeah, this for 2007. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. I really keep forgetting how much society has changed in such a very short time when when we especially when we're doing this podcast yes like you think that we were we were ugh, just i can't i just ugh. well for all my sins i remember watching this at the time it's weird like my my dad uh, downloaded it and i think he thought he was helping me out because i just started doing my film degree i think this was like 2007 so he just thought, oh yeah, I download lots of films for you, but like nothing of actual any intellectual value. He's just like, yeah, here's Pirates of the Caribbean and here's Wild Hogs. <laughs> so yeah, thanks. So dad. your dad was the Disney Plus back then, more or less, yeah. yeah. But it was more like Disney DVR Plus. 
Oh no, DVD minus, I should say. <laughs> is it is uh is play it didn't work on DVD uh DVD plus. So, um Yeah, shall we begin? Yeah, you you crack on and I'll um I'll join in when I feel like it. Okay then. <laughs> which will be never, so Oh good, so I'm just gonna read these notes then, which I can't hardly read because of my shorthand. <laughs> so America's Jeremy Clarkson, Tim Allen. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. He's on a motorbike and he's joined by all of his A list, B list, do you reckon? This 2007? B slash C list mates. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I think at this point, John Travolta sort of slid back down again. It's post Battlefield Earth, so he slid back down again. Now, but- was this before or after Hairspray? That's the most important thing for me. To I know. think he had a slight revival of hairspray, and I, f- yeah. I want to say it was about the same time. I think it was because I know I think um, John Travolta attached himself to a few of these Disney projects. Yeah, it was the same year. Yeah, it was hairspray Disney. No, okay. It feels like a Disney film. Though, it does, it? yeah, yeah. Because um, to point out, this is a it is a Disney film, but it's on the Touchstone side of things. Which, Very much on the touchstone yes, side of things, which, which we'll get into. Which for this podcast, for some of the dialogue that's coming up, it's very jarring that we get actual swear words and other derogatory language yep. in this. It's very weird. So we're first joined by the four mates riding along, and firstly, William H. Macy takes a science of her face as he's riding along yep. to begin one of the many recurring gags that's sort of like... Is like ha, ha, first time and then afterwards, just like yeah, okay, yeah, right. So he's the one that can't ride a bike, basically. Yes, the nerdy computer geek. Yeah, computer geeks say they're no good for anything, are they? Every character kind of is a bit of a stereotype. Yeah, they're very uh, stock characters, and he is the nerd. He is yes. Because, well, in the next four scenes, we get a little bit with the, uh, each character of their own separate setting. Yeah, they all get an introduction, and each scene begins with um, a title card of their name. <laughs> so, <laughs> like it's a Tarantino film. Yeah, and then this kind of convention gets dropped as soon as they've all been introduced. We never get any more title cards or anything. You'd have thought, because considering some of the dialogue in this film is bloody terrible, they just, instead of Ambrose title cards, just have the other characters referring by their first name after every single line of dialogue. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, Tim Allen? Oh, that's good, Tim Allen. I'm really interested, Tim Allen. Please tell me more, Tim Allen. That's the thing. Even though this film, you know, puts the, a black screen with giant text saying the characters' names, the only time I have ever called them their names is when talking about the title cards, because fucked if I remember any of them. Um, no, this is a rare case for me where I just refer to them by their actor names. Yeah. Um, because unfortunately, all four of them are the type of actors where you do not remember their character names. You just go, oh yeah, that's John Travolta. The only thing I remember about... The only reason I remember John Travolta's name is Woody is because they've clearly called him Woody so that Tim Allen can say Woody a lot yeah. and it sound like Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, very good, very good. <laughs> but apart from that, I, I can't remember any of their no, names. That was a nice character, to be fair. Yeah. So yeah, firstly, we get Tim Allen and he's a bored dentist. And he's called Doug. Yes, and... His uh, his son, uh, he thinks he's a stuffy old parent, yeah, and he should go on an adventure sometime. But he's like, no, I can't. This is an adventure doing dentist work. 
Yeah. And because Tim Allen is so fucking old, he has to have grapefruit for breakfast whilst everyone else has bacon. Yeah. And it's, yeah, his life is terrible. And he hasn't left Cincinnati in 12 years. And he's just like, wow, I'm a big baby. How old would he have been here? Like, what, 45? I was going to say... He's not that old. Pushing 50. Yeah, he's not that old. Definite midlife crisis territory, which is what we're going to get into quite heavily in this film. So then we've got Martin Lawrence, and he's a bored writer. Yeah, with a really fucking annoying family. Yeah, his kid literally just screams in his face for no reason. Yep, remind um, me once again why I'll never have children. Yeah, he's got a, his wife uh, isn't supporting him in his um, life's passion of writing this novel. So it's not even a novel. Oh, no, it's, it's not. It's, 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 a, it's a bloody one of those self-help guys. It's not even real writing. Yeah, but she's. Um, cynical towards him and you know points out that she's got to go to work and bring money in for the family and yeah. he's, I'm, what I'm assuming was his mother-in-law is also digging at him as well. Yes that's right and uh, so she has turned around and said to him oh you could have your old job back I've already arranged it for you now get out of the house and he's a plumber Yeah, and he has to deal with toilets and shit and even more shit. But he doesn't like it, so wah! Nah. Well, but, you chose to be a plumber, you know. Yeah. Um, also, at this point, uh, this is where the first very jarring This Is Not Your Grandpa's Disney film, uh, One, his older daughter, referring to the screaming kid, um, says that it's like living with a car alarm that shits. Yes. <laughs> and... and I think that's the first swear word we've ever had on a podcast. Yeah, it was proper, like, um, record scratch for me. Just yeah. like, excuse <laughs> like, me? <laughs> wash your mouth out with soap right now, young lady. <laughs> this is a Disney film. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did actually verify this, but I'm going to assume the film was written by men or a man. Because Martin Lawrence's wife in particular is written like a complete bitch. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a very men-centric manliness to this whole film. There is, Which is one of the reasons why I hate it so damn much. You're not Um, loving the pure heterosexuality going on here. No. The pure machismo. Ugh, gross. Men with their testosterone. I don't get men. And their dicks. Yeah, I don't... No. Yeah, definitely not gay. (laughs) No, this is the most no homo film I have seen in a very long time. In fact, yeah, where they circle jerk, they do it back to back so we don't get to see each other's dicks. The this is literally the shortest amount of notes I've ever written for a film. That I've only got four pages, pretty much, and um, so twenty percent of the words I've written are either no or homo. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the third character, Dudley. Yes. William H. Tracy, he's a, well, not that bored of an IT guy, but because he's not that bored, he's sat in a cafe with a laptop. Yep. He's trying to master what would become Siri or Google Assistant. Yeah. and Speech recognition technology. That's right. And what is it he asks for? Is it alternative? He asks for an alternative site. No. So alternative sites? No, alternative sets. Oh, yes. And the computer hears the alternative sex and so brings up loads of pornography whilst he's trying to chat up a woman. Yes. But it's granny porn and bestiality. Yeah. Again, something I was not expecting from my Disney film today. The the first ever instance of Disney film with a line of dialogue, granny will spank your bottom. Yep. 
Mm, yeah. See, we're, we're min- mere moments into this film, and I wanted to turn it off. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. <laughs> and finally, we've got John Travolta. Yeah, and he's a broke, divorcee lawyer who argues with kids from, who because he can't negotiate uh, them to rake their lawn without yep. having to pay more money. Yeah, and we learn that he's... Uh, he's his missus has done a runner and he's getting she's uh, filed for divorce so basically we've got four men that hate their lives mm. uh, mostly because of the women in it or lack of women in it yeah i'll say all the problems seem centralized around women because women are fucking horrible mum uh, uh. get cooties off them uh. but also men are weird so i'm not gay uh. then we go back to tim allen's house um, and his kid doesn't want to spend any time with him, and I'm like, well, no, nah, if my dad was Tim Allen, I wouldn't want to spend time with <laughs> no, him. No, I wouldn't either. No. Um, Unless I wanted him to help me up with a bag of cocaine. Then, I thought this was going to be setting up the actual plot of the film, where Son, son has left, Tim Allen is like, woe is me to his wife, and he says, he makes a big deal of basically saying, like, how can I finally make you know relate to my son and then it cuts to him opening a cupboard and inside the cupboard is his biker jacket yeah and so i'm thinking right so this film is going to be about tim allen learning to reconnect with his son through motorbiking or being a biker but fuck does this not go that way (laughs) no (laughs) nope it might have done at one point but the final (coughs) draft does not because immediately we go back to him riding again. Yeah. And William H. Macy falls off his bike again. Yeah. I just wrote, William H. Macy absolutely fucks it. He does, yes. And I think he totals his bike for now. Yeah. So then he's riding back of John Travolta's. Riding bitch, as John Travolta puts it, yeah. very, very shortly. But no homo. But no, no homo. No homo, Chris. Even though, you know, they're sat, you know, front to back. With all the vibrations going on, and uh, William H. Macy's checking out his aftershave or whatever it was. Yeah. But, but definitely not gay. And then when they actually get into the bar that they're driving to, um, someone else from who's at the bar, who's trying to be all macho and biker, then mentions in a conversation that he and John Travolta had had a really nice spa day the other day. And John Travolta takes real offence at this as well, because no homo, Chris. John Travolta, in this film, is definitely... Not a puff. <laughs> I um, I can so, say that, by the way. You can't. Yeah, no. um, <laughs> so, you wouldn't get this, but the person he speaks to is a star of a popular reality TV show called American Chopper. Oh, right. I yeah, cannot, I've heard of it. Yeah. I cannot remember his name now because it's been years and years since I watched it. And yes, I did used to watch American Chopper. He looked familiar. I'm sure he must have been memed a good few times. Uh, yes. Is he the angry guy in it, the it, memes? It's the angry guy of a meme. And his son appears as well oh, right. straight afterwards. And he's the one, <coughs> and he's, the one he's shouting at. Right. Yeah, so it's him. Uh, let me just bring up his name because it'll be really obvious when I see it. But yeah, so but the whole joke is, you know, again, he's all like a big... Big, big manly man, and yep. he's on about a spa day. He said, a Paul Tuttle Sr. and his uh, son, Paul Tuttle Jr. Be we're, quite subtle. We're really setting up this idea that um, Nerd Guy is quite comfortable in his sexuality, let's say, 
and he do, he doesn't try any time to be overly macho. Yep. But at the same time, John Travolta finds this really uncomfortable, and he goes way overboard to prove that he is not a, a gay guy. Mm. And it gets so aggressive throughout the film. I genuinely thought by the end they were going to fall in love. I mean, it would have been a plot twist. If this, if I, the, I'd have preferred to have seen it. To be fair, yeah. I think I think it would be a quite interesting take on it. Because because a lot of the time there are scenes where it's just yes. the two of them. It's not ever a joke between the group. Yeah. There are scenes where it is just an intimate scene between the two of them, and they're still getting quite close. For then John Travolta to then no homo it. And yeah. I honestly thought the twist at the end of the film was going to be that they got together. It feels like a rom-com in some bits. Yeah. It's that like, kind of friction where they're going to eventually end up together. John Travolta's for Lever Daddy. Yeah. And that would you work. Yeah, it would have done. I mean, it is a Disney film, so, you know, no. <laughs> the thing that is, of course, though, notoriously, John Travolta in real life is very no homo as well. Well, that's because he's got a whole religion behind him to cover that sort of thing up. Yes. And mm. kill anyone that finds out the truth. May have to edit this bit out. <laughs> so, if I never get back from Florida, it's because I've been killed by Scientologists. If you were killed by Scientologists, then I'll edit it out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Judge Volta and, well, they're all having a big, great big midlife crisis in the middle of this bar. And yep. Judge Volta's like, let's go on a road trip. And then, so William H. Macy's up for it right away. If you're the two aren't so sure, uh, Martin Lawrence because he's pussy whipped. Yeah. And then uh, Tim Allen because he's just hesitant. He doesn't actually really have an excuse. He like says, oh yeah, I've got my job, I've got my wife, I've got my kid. But that doesn't seem to be a problem as it turns out. He's just really hesitant to do it. And then, in a really, really unsubtle bit of dialogue, uh, a, a guy comes up, um, you know, about the parade, you know, oh, yeah, you're going to, like, wear the American flag and all that lot. Yeah. He also mentions how someone died, someone that we knew, and Tim Allen's all, he was our age. Yeah. We're old as fuck. Yeah, we're almost 45. <laughs> it's uh, w- There's also a bit of dialogue as well where um, Martin Lawrence makes the joke about how... Um, John Travolta's wife is so attractive that he gives everyone that she gives everyone erections, boobs. <laughs> but we never actually meet her, do we? She's only ever talking. We never actually about. see her. No. Um, Imaginary boobs. Also, in this conversation, Tim Allen says about how he used to smoke a lot of pot as well. Yes, Tim Allen did do a lot of drugs back in the day. That's why he was in jail. <laughs> was he? Yes, that is definitely true. You, oh, I didn't know you, that. You can leave that bit in. Okay. That is factual. <laughs> no libel here. No. All facts, all the time. So after this, we go back to Tim Allen's house where he does an entire scene, which is basically, yeah, I wanted to do this on home improvement, but, you know, they wouldn't approve it. Where he basically has a full-blown mental breakdown. Yep. Um, And uh, where he just starts... Eating food like the French for some reason, as he claims. Yeah. And uh, going off on one. I'm not lame. I eat meat. I'm a man. I'm a red-blooded male. It's basically like a Trump supporter who's been told, like, he's not allowed to bring a gun to a a venue. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then he eats a whole stick of cheese or butter or whatever it is. Well, they called it butter, but it was white. It looked like lard. It looked like brie. <laughs> yeah. Which he starts gargling and you think, uh-oh, old man indigestion, uh, better take a Rennie. But no, he's then in the hospital because he's had a stress-induced panic attack. Yep. And his wife tells him that he can go travelling if he wants with his mates. Um, well, that's I, not a good idea. He's just been in hospital. Well, I did think she must be absolutely sick of the sight of him and just wants rid of him at that yeah. point. And I think, yeah, if if I had an excuse to get Tim Allen out, yeah. Tim Allen out of my house, I would go for it. She's just like thinking, oh, why the fuck did I marry Tim Allen? <laughs> Could have married any celebrity. Tim Allen. I mean, usually I'll do my best to defend anyone called Tim because there's not very many of us, but you know what? Fuck him. <laughs> so who else? No, uh, don't fuck him because that's too homo. No homo. No, no homo. No not homo. fucking no one. Except so, apparently John Travolta's wife. That that we can fuck. Yes, apparently so. Yeah. So in this exclusive Tim club, so is it just like the no Tim Allen's club? So yeah, you, pretty you, much. You, you, no, no Tim Allen, but everyone else is fine. Burton, Curry... This is our second uh, tiny Tim. It's our second Tim film in a row because Timothy Dalton was in uh, the Rocketeer as the bad guy. Go say Dalton. Yep, he's fine. He's okay. Best Bond in, because all Bond is crap, but he's called Tim. Mm. There's your hot take of the day. <laughs> yeah. That's me cancelled. Yeah, you, usually I piss everyone off by saying I'm going to watch Bond, but not the shitty Mo- Roger Moore ones because <laughs> they are shit. They are. The only good Bond is uh, Pierce Brosnan, and that's because I was a kid when I watched him. Is your favourite Goldmine because of a video game? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's genuinely a good film, though. Oh my god, I've been and shot people in that place. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I shot Robbie Coltrane in the balls with a rocket launch in this place. I remember this toilet cubicle. <laughs> There's a man with a green hat on in that one. I remember that noise in the soundtrack, that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, off they go. Uh, no one else gets a scene establishing that we can go on this road trip with uh, Martin Lawrence establishing that he's actually told his wife that he's off to a toilet bowl seminar in Cleveland instead. Yep. And because lying to your spouse always fun. Mm. Mm. I'm sure, well, I think she's justified for being mad after this, but you know, what a bitch anyway. She doesn't deserve the truth. No, she doesn't, because she shouts at him. So women, are, all women are bad because of that. Nag, 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 nag. Am yeah. I right, lads? <laughs> this is one of those films where the, the few women that are in it serve one of two roles, which is either to be annoyed by, yep. to be shouted at, or to be ogled at because they're hot. And there are no other ca- female characters otherwise. It's about 90% of all Hollywood films, Tim. I know, but this is a very egregious example. (laughs) (laughs) In this scene as well, we establish that we've thrown away all GPSs, mobile phones. Yep. It's a cock-waving contest, but we're throwing devices away. Yep. And there's also this weird bit, which is never followed up on again, where William H. Macy reveals his new tattoo which is of the old school Macintosh logo, the yep. rainbow apple. Yep. And I assume the gag here, because Tim Allen's like, uh, not sure about that. I assume the gag is because it's a rainbow, therefore homo. But- oh, do you know what? I didn't even cotton on to that. Because what I did cotton on to is obviously that even in 2007, that is an 
a historical image now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Because they didn't use that logo back then, didn't no, they? No, it's, it's, it's way older. It, yeah, it's been like the white sort of transition Apple since 2000 or so, you know, with those Macs with the like <clears throat> turquoise backing and yeah. all that lot. Yeah, so I think the logo changed then. Yeah, so, so it is. It's kind of, look, he's a nerd and he could be gay. Yes, that's the gag. Right. Hooray! <laughs> road trip. Yep, we finally get on the road trip. Yep. So first of all, they come across some college girls in a in one of those lamb buggy sort of things. Yep. Hey, we look cool because we're in our leather and all that lot. Yep. But then suddenly it starts raining, so they all hide under a poncho, and then the girls laugh at them. And you you literally hear the girls call them losers at that point, as like an extra. Um, bit of audio that has been added in it after the fact. Yep. And it's all a bit like, yeah, cool. But my argument is, come on, lads, half your age plus seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then uh, they end up camping for the night. Yep. <laughs> William H. Macy walks onto one shot with um, a carrier bag in his hand, which he just says, this is poop, don't eat it. That's okay, pro- then I won't. That's probably the funniest part of this whole film. <laughs> And good life advice. Well, yeah, very true. <laughs> um, and so, that, yeah, they, they're sitting around the campfire. Tim Allen's like, oh, my life fucking sucks. Oh, what yeah. Happened? Wah, 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 wah. The first of, like, well, I say the first, the third of about 20 <laughs> scenes of her moaning about their bloody middle-class lives. Yep. Boo fucking who. Then Martin Lawrence is, again, he's saying, he literally tells them that he basically hates his wife and his job. Then William H. Macy, because we've barely seen him at any point in this film, then literally spells out for us, because it's not revealed anywhere else in the plot, I am afraid of women. (laughs) And it was like, oh, thanks for letting me know, because so far the film hadn't told me that. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm glad he could literally just tell me. Um, And that's apparently going to be a big deal plot-wise going forward. Um, Well, woman's got to fall in love. It's a Disney film. Spoiler. And John Travolta is acting all cool and pretending his life's fine, but obviously we all, the audience, know that he's going through a divorce and has no money. Toxic masculinity, Tim. Yeah. Everything is okay. Real men don't cry. (sighs) (laughs) I cry watching this fucking travesty. We're about about 20 minutes in. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And then the tent catches fire, because of course it does. Yeah. Because well, reasons. They need something to end the scene on, so he chucks a marshmallow that's already quite toasty backwards. What the hell is it with Disney and camping films? Every film that we've watched has a camping scene. Yeah, I know. We've had... Yeah, if I say, have you got a bingo card back up? Because I think this is going to rank quite highly again. I don't think I had it on the bingo card, to be honest. Oh, dear. I mean... Maybe I, we should we should we should do a new big go card because yeah. But at one point, I was afraid this could get into all parent trap and would review it again for a third time. I've got my bingo card up there. My next big purchase after Disney is definitely a new laptop because this is on its ass now. Think think bigger instead of laptop podcast studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So on our bingo card, we had crappy child actors. So. Yes. I mean, they were child actors. I didn't think they were too bad. And they were fine, to be fair. They yeah. weren't crappy. Dodgy special effects? No. Uh, no, not really. The, the, the pratfalls were all real, done for real. 
Casual racism, there is one instance. That, that comes up soon. Well, in fact, there's a couple in there, actually. Yeah. Uh, car slash vehicular chase, yes. Yeah, yeah. Plenty of them. Of them. Um, animal cruelty, yes. Yeah, there is. Bloody hell. Yeah. Uh, white actor playing another race. I don't think we've got that in this. Protagonist is a middle-aged man. <laughs> <laughs> Four. <laughs> we've got a whole line just on that. Casual sexism, yes. No shit. Um, casual assault. I mean, I think I meant. Uh, oh, sexual, sexual assault, assault. Sorry. Um, Almost. Oh yes, there is. There is sexual yes. assault. The, I didn't see a Volkswagen Beetle though. No. Half-ass musical segment. Well, in that last mm, scene, yes. Um, John Travolta sings Britney Spears. Oh, but yes, there is some more coming yes, up. Yes, that's isn't there? coming up. Yep. yep. Uh, protagonist is an authority figure. Uh, does a mm. dentist count as an authority <laughs> figure? <laughs> Perhaps. Probably not. Probably not. No. Uh, bet slash wages, no. Uh, one one female character. There might as well just be one female character. I mean, there's four quarters of a female character. Yeah, okay. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's fine. Matt painted backdrops, no. Barely a villain. No, there was one. Yeah, there was yeah, a villain. Yeah, there was an established villain. So, yeah, we've got quite a few on the old bingo card. That's good. Right. So, let's... Get to the next bit, which I think I've already referred to as holy shit, I cannot believe this is a character in 2007, and I can't believe it's Dr. Cox from Scrubs doing it. <laughs> it's a very, very apt name as well, Dr. Cox. I know, no oh. homo. No homo, guys, no homo. Yeah, so Dr. Cox appears next morning, he's playing a police officer, but and he's because just... the tent's burnt down, the four of them are on a airbed. Uh, basically spooning each other because yep. they've got no else to lie on. Before I knew what was going to happen in this scene, I actually referred to him as Dr. Cox dressed as a stripper cop because of the outfit he was wearing. He looked more like a stripper than an actual police. He, he did. So it was like a police uniform, really tight and also a bit shinier than usual as well. Yeah. And a bit of a weird haircut as well. And yeah, this... I get a feeling when this play to audiences, people are like, oh, wasn't it really funny with a bit with the cop? Yeah. I get the feeling this was the character that stole the show back in the archaic age of 2007. Yeah. But basically, he starts off by saying that he's going to write them up for indecent exposure and uh, he reels off all these other kind of vaguely sexual things that they've, uh, misdemeanors that he'll book them for, be- yeah. which is basically just because they were all on an airbed together. Yeah. Um, but bear in mind that when he's walking up as well, all the dialogue, he's just like, oh yeah, I can't believe you blew me last night. I can't remember the bloody context of it, but there's all sorts of bloody yeah. innuendos going on. Yeah. Um, or double entendres, I should say. But then it turns out that he's faking um, and he's not going to book them. In fact, he is a very, 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 very gay man who wants to um, sleep with all of them. Yeah. And aggressively so, um, basically appro- approaches them, let's say. Mm. And I always think, even, you know, back then, the joke technically is supposed to be what's funny is that the straight men. Are made to feel uncomfortable. Yes, it's gay panic. And so it's yeah. basically they're they're supposed to be, uh, we're supposed to be laughing at them for being so bothered about it. But the character is so aggressive with his yeah, so sexuality that it's um, it's a weird twofold thing with these sort of jokes. 
isn't it? Because so, the humour, as you say, comes from them being afraid of it. But it's at the as much at expense to the gay character. Yeah, it's because, not a real character at yeah, all by the, any means. Is the, it? The, the, he's being portrayed as this outlandish freak. Yeah, who doesn't belong in normality, as it were. It's yeah, and it's very jarring that again, two thousand seven Disney film, very very strange. And it's not the last time he appears either, because he's basically at the tail end of the next scene, which in another example of pure no homerism, they all decide to go skinny dipping, or yep. or originally they're just having a dive in a pool or whatever by the side of the mountains but they all decide to take off their shorts instead and as soon as they do this a family turn up with the kids jumping in right away to be honest i thought that was quite a funny little yeah no to be fair i thought this was one of the better scenes until the tail end yeah so yeah it's quite funny because they're trying to politely convey to the dad that they're all skinny dipping but obviously at the same time they don't want to come across as homos so this is that's the kind of uh, no homo humour that can kind of work because there isn't a bad guy as such. No, there isn't. I I, I think it works because it's pure out of sheer embarrassment that they're just naked yeah. in such like broad daylight as well. I, I know there's a the whole thing about them all being together, but I don't think they hang on, on that as much as thinking shit for grown men naked and there's some kids right there. It's quite a British kind of cringe humour kind of awkwardness, isn't it? Yeah, it you is. You don't get it often in American stuff. But um, it, th- yeah, that bit ends with Dad getting a mouth, a, a face full of cock yes. by the, the scenes <laughs> of it because he goes diving and then comes up very, very close to John Travolta. Yeah. Wait a minute, that's not a crawfish. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that bit is quite funny, but then as they leave, Dr. Cox turns up again, yeah. completely naked. Oh, well, you've got your cocks out. Let me do something with him. Uh, dives in. Goodness <sighs> gracious. Thankfully, the last bit, I I got worried because I completely forgot how this film played out. I was worried he would appear again and again and again. No, but luckily that, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Next. So <laughs> next, <laughs> next. So we finally get to the plot mm. or semblance of. So early on, we saw a gang of bikers drive past, yeah. and this is quite strictly not the Hell's Angels because the Hell's Angels threatened to sue Disney for it. Yes, I saw name. that. Yeah, yeah. it's the uh, Del Fuego's instead. Yeah, and the uh, the we've not even said the Wild Hogs is the name of. The, our middle-aged men's bike gang. Yeah, that, that is where the title derives from. Yeah, um, they go into a bar unknowingly owned by the Del Fuegos, and immediately it's like being from out of town walking into like a local pub. That's yeah, got, everything like, stops. Yeah. and they all look at you. Yeah, the one that only serves twenty people ever, and somehow survives as a business. I did that in Leeds once on a match day. Me oh and... bloody hell! Yeah, that was fun, and it was literally like a really like hole in the wall kind of only locals in and we were just sat in the corner me and steve trying desperately not to be noticed like we when we went it like five minutes after we came in they they like set up all the karaoke equipment in one corner just to play like the leeds united like anthems yeah oh it was so awful you know what i accidentally did the reverse of that so um during one of my uh rescuing trips to wolverhampton last year 
like me and my friends who went into this quiet pub. Um, I think it was called the Washington, something like that. And and it all seemed very quaint. It was like like Wolverhampton Wanderers stuff all on the wall and all that. Lot. I thought, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Got a drinks and all that lot. Sat down on like a table outside. This was at 20 to 5. Literally 10 minutes later, dozens and dozens of Wolf sons pull in. And as you said, like, they got out of karaoke bars well and everything like that. And the woman started going around saying, so what did you, who did you think had the best performance today? No. And all that lot. And we were just sat in the corner like, shit, do not come to us. <laughs> who had the best performance? Well, um, that Stone Cold Steve Austin did very well. <laughs> Lee say, drink up. We'll just, we'll leave now. We'll go. We'll go. The worst part was, it was me and Steve were in there just waiting whilst um, Kirsty and Gemma went to Primark, so we knew we would be in there for bloody ages waiting for oh. <laughs> We are just like, oh dear. You know when, you know when as well, you it, you feel like it would be more of a big deal to leave than to stay. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to bring to the you... fact that you're, you're uncomfortable in this situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, so in this bar, we're introduced to, uh, and I'm gonna, I always butcher his name for some reason, Ray Leota. Yeah. Um, and, and his gang, they, um, have a very awkward conversation with our heroes, in quotation marks. It's kind of where they're all trying to gauge each other, aren't they? Yeah. So the, the, uh, the wild hogs don't know if this guy's gonna kill them, mm. but also it, he's trying to, get a feel of them at the same time. Yeah. At this point, I just wanted to point out before we carry on, the note that I'd written, it, we were 30 minutes into the film at yep. this point, and I, I had to circle it because it was very important. Mm. All I said was, can I take another hour of this? You have to. <laughs> it's for podcast. I was very, very good. I, I watched it all in one go. You, you sat there, you stared at the screen angrily until it went away. <laughs> I pulled the band-aid off and got it all done. Oh. So in this conversation, they um, they basically uh, suss out that William H Macy is a bit of a gullible wuss. Yeah, and they and Rayleigh uh, uh, trades bikes for him. Yeah, the whatever it's called, I don't know the Panther bike. I don't know much about vehicles to begin with. Um, that he saw as he went in. But it turns out to be a big ruse because Rayleigh's bike has actually not got any wheels on and is just a frame. Yeah. But the trade goes ahead anyway. And the gang leave with the tail bear between the legs with a with um, William H. Macy on like a sidecar next to John Travolta's motorbike. Yeah, looking so rather basically pathetic. A, a bike down. Yes. Just before they leave, Martin Lawrence said a line that I had to go back and watch three times to make sure I'd got right. Oh, yeah. But he does say, does anybody else get that pre-rape feeling? Oh, yeah, there was that, wasn't there? I'm sure that's not the last rape gag either. I get that this film is... I mean, it, it was a 12. And technically, I kind of see that it is a 12 because technically... There is like no nudity. There's no, very little swearing. It's all but it's, there's it's a, dialogue. You know, rape at the end of the day isn't a swear word. Yeah, but it's there's so much of this kind of content that it's like it's bored. I'd say it was bordering on a fifteen, mm. but it's not. But it is. Do you know what I mean? It, it's weird. Like like BBFC, we have strict guidelines, but when it comes to actual swear words, there's certain words that are unacceptable. And yeah. You could probably 
I assume if you try to say raping a U, it would suddenly get turned to a PG at the very least. Yeah. Yeah, it's an odd one. Yeah, it's it it's the film that kind of proves the uh the flaws in film ratings. I yeah. Think. Um oh and I will say before they uh leave without uh, with uh Waymate Basie down a bike Ray Liotta goes into this really massive rant about posers yeah. in leather jackets and all that lot, which is... And it says that they're not real bikers because they're suburban living and stuff like that. This is going to be a really redundant question, but Tim, do you get bike culture whatsoever? Um, no. No. I find it all very weird. And, I mean, this is a film about midlife crisis, but... It's very much of a midlife crisis thing, isn't it? The thing is, this uh, yeah, film... everyone that goes to the Yardbirds yeah. is having a midlife crisis. Let's I've, face I've it. never been in the Yardbirds, but I've heard things. Yeah. To be honest, like I think this film does a very bad is a very bad example of what biker culture is. Like everyone in it is such an extreme stereotype. I'm sure if I was a biker, I would hate this film. Mm. I think, like. Because they tend, you tend to see a lot from like the Hell's Angels and stuff these days, doing a lot of charitable work and stuff. So yeah. I think like the hypermasculine culture that you see in films is probably quite different to what it's like for, for the reality of yeah. it these days. But at the same time, I'd, it's not something that has ever appealed to me. All... If you couldn't tell from <clears throat> my uh... <laughs> from your tone, and all I understand from them is that yeah, for a weird somehow pillar of the community in a way in fact they help help they also take no shits whatsoever yeah when it comes to badens and all that lot yeah but i still don't get the whole thing this whole sequence though with ray Liotta, uh laying into them it kind of the nearest analog that i could relate to is it was kind of like um a bit like gamer gatekeeping when people are always saying, "Oh, you're not a real gamer unless you, oh, yeah. unless you can master Dark Souls <laughs> and you've completed every Mega Man game and you know you've you've got to be able to name all 151 Pokemon and and women definitely aren't gamers." Mm. Like it reminded me very much of that. In fact, we don't actually see any female bikers. I don't think in this. Do no, we? you don't. No, no, it's all men. Yeah. But it's basically, oh, you, you like video games? Name your top three Philips CDI games. Exactly, yeah. Which are, Which are yeah. Thundering Paradise, uh, Hotel Mario, and that uh, Legend of Zelda one that had, that gave birth to all those YouTube poops. Right, moving on. <laughs> all so, heroes strive <clears throat> for come. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, they stop the, uh, because they look pathetic in the sidecar, and John Travolta's really determined to go back and get the bike, but all the others are like, oh no, we're too afraid, we don't want to get killed, basically. Yeah. So Travolta's like, yeah, screw you, I'll, I'll go get it myself. Yep. So he goes back, and for some reason the keys are still in the ignition of William H. Mace's bike, so that makes that job easy. Yeah. But instead of just riding and sneaking off with it, he cuts the gas lines of all the bikes that are in there, which I don't know how he manages to pull that off without anyone seeing him, because that's a lot of bikes he has to cut through. Yeah. And so he manages to wheel the bike away and he retrieves it. Now, this next bit to me, which becomes a bit of a plot point, doesn't make 
much sense, <laughs> considering <laughs> no. what John Travolta, what his character so far has been trying to, is trying to be this really cool person, isn't he? Yeah, like this badass. But his what he says in how we got the bike back is that he went up to him, talked to him, and basically pointed out that um, if you don't give a bike back, that's theft. We will sue you, and. And all this lawyers speak. Yeah, which isn't cool. Which isn't cool. So, yeah, it doesn't make sense why he wouldn't just say, oh, yeah, I'm such a fucking badass. I cut all their lines, stole the bike, and by the way, we better get away now in case they do come afterwards. Yeah. It, but, there's a massive disconnect there. Yeah. What what also happens is he manages to blow up the entire bar yeah. as well, doesn't he? So which is the bit you can imagine him maybe leaving out, but yeah, it's more badass to cut their lines and run away. Yeah, that's the thing. But he could have kept the blowing up the bar bit a secret because only he sees it in the vi- in his rear view mirror. With a really comical mushroom cloud yeah, explosion yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, pure bloody atomic bomb going off sort of thing. <laughs> but why he has this other explanation about lawyers and all that lot, it doesn't fit yeah. what they were going for. And then they stop at a petrol station, but John Travolta's like, no, no, we've got to keep going, we've got to keep going, because yeah. obviously he wants to get as much distance between them as possible. And bear in mind, he then spends all but the last 15 minutes going, no, let's go, let's go do something else, quick, let's run away, no, no, let's not do that, no! But um, he, so... Because he wants to run away right away without them filling up first, they don't see a sign because it's obscured by a truck saying last petrol stop for tw- for two hundred miles. Yeah, and lo and behold, next scene under the baking midday sun, literally being followed by a vulture, they're wheeling their out of petrol bikes along yeah. the desert. But they finally get to a town called hmm. Mad. Ma- <laughs> it's called Madrid. It's Madrid. But uh, they say it in a weird way. As Ma- Madrid. Madrid. It's yeah. like how we call it Moscow and Glasgow. Yeah. It's Madrid. <laughs> yeah. Madrid, New Mexico, we're in. Which is a real place, I found out. Oh, right, okay. I didn't actually look that up. Yeah. Um, but they find a diner, so they run in and there's a comical, well, in inverted commas, comical bit of them like spraying the um, the soda fountain in their own mouths. Yeah, it's like the water, water yeah. bit that we've seen before. And uh, there is a waitress, um, which uh, nerd guy keeps trying to talk to, but he can't. Yeah. Because so, I don't know if you remember Chris, but he can't talk to girls. No, he can't. Um, it's established here as well, because when they come in, the locals think they're causing trouble, but that's because they also think they're part of the Del Fuegos. Yeah. Uh, but they're not, they're just idiots. And this is... once it's established, everyone's cool with them. After trying to talk to Nerd Guy, this is our first um, racist joke, is, um, well, of a fashion. Uh, William H. Macy goes back to the guys and says that he wanted to sound funny to her, but all he could think of was black jokes. Yeah. Makes you know what sort of person he actually is, don't you? Yeah. If that's in the forefront. Let's just say his character, um, he probably says the N-word casually. In a better version of this film, William H. Macy would be kind of the guy that's the nice guy that you're all supposed to root for. Yeah. Because everyone else that is in this film is a fucking prick. Is a dickhead, yeah. But then every so often things like this happen, which then proves that... He is also a bit of a prick. Which is I mean, weird, isn't it? Because he's the one with all the 
character arcs, isn't he? Yeah. There's like two two bits of character growth that only he has. Everyone else yeah. stays in stasis for the entire film. They don't really achieve anything, learn no. anything. He's the only one who, from A to B, has something at the end. And yeah, you're right. You throw in dialogue like this and you're like, well, you know, sort of person are you? It's kind of like the others all joke about him being this geeky, nerdy character. and But he is quite confident. Well, not confident, but he's he's comfortable in who he is. Yeah. Apart from not being able to talk to women. So it would be easy for him to be like the straight character that you can all side behind. And I think, and as I say, a better script and a better performance would make him the character that's likable. Mm -hmm. But the problem is this film keeps also thinks that being a nerd is funny. Yeah. And that that is something to laugh at him for. And, but it never, the joke never goes beyond look at this man. He is a geek. Um, I'm. I was just going to quickly look up, and I will do. Um, I'm just wondering what year the Big Bang Theory first came out, because this seems to be a thing. Oh, it's very Big Bang Theory, oh, isn't it? Same year, 2007. Fancy that. Yeah. So this is a point in time where being a geek is still a bad thing. Yeah. That doesn't really change until what? Do you reckon that... Well, it's certainly in the tens being a geek became okay. I I think it's I sort think, of I think actually it's kind of on that cusp where yeah. in reality geek culture was becoming very more on trend and popular. It but was. at the same time like Hollywood hasn't caught up and still no. thinks of geek culture as a stereotype that's negative. Yeah. I'd always point to the Marvel films really taking off. Yeah. And not like right away with Iron Man in two thousand eight, but I mean when they started making really serious money I think with like the first Captain America film onwards, I think that's when it really became okay to be a geek because yeah. it makes money. Absolutely. Therefore, the jocks in Hollywood decided, yeah, it's okay to be a geek now. We've decided. We have decreed. And then as well, like it was the same time that video games especially, they, they kind of took off just before Marvel films as well yeah. in terms of like saturation of the market. Yeah, well... It's also the same time like the Nintendo Wii came out, so suddenly your gran was playing video That's games it, yeah. as well. So it's all these amalgamation of things, but this is literally like, what, a year, two years before that happened? Yeah. But it's clearly a film about middle-aged men, written by middle-aged men that don't understand anything other than hating Mid- your wife and wanting to leave your job. Being a middle-aged man, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I wonder if these people also wrote for Home Improvement. I would. I wouldn't be surprised. No. If not. Uh, so, so, so yeah, you... the the Delph. Shall, shall I? Shall I say a bit as well? Now I feel like I'm finally getting into the groove here. Oh, you finally made some notes, have you? I've revved up like a motorcycle. <laughs> so yeah, the Delphoegos uh, decide that they're going to split up to try and find everybody, um, and we go back to the town because it is a their chili festival. And um, the only act that they've apparently booked for this festival is Kyle Gass. Yeah. Who's doing loads of really shit karaoke of pop songs. I've got a question. <clears throat> yeah. So is he meant to sing like Jack Black or has Jack Black overdubbed his vocals? I honestly thought it was Jack Black singing. It was weird, wasn't it? I forgot. It was, I assume Jack Black was too expensive to even bring on as a L- cameo. Literally here, look, I've written not got budget for Jack Black. Yeah, so... Was he taught to sing like Jack Black? Because I know, because um, the way Tenacious D 
was formed, like basically Cal uh, Gas wanted acting lessons and Jack Black wanted guitar lessons, so that's how they oh, came right. together. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's how they started to collaborate. Yeah. So, but I take it Jack Black taught him how to sing as well, because he honestly does sound exactly like Jack Black in this bit. It's he? weird. Yeah. So weird. Um, and then there's a gag about um, a a ball tossing game where Martin Lawrence is trying to win it, but he can't. And he accidentally throws his ball into Tim Allen's balls. balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, the gags in this, like scenes like this are like classic Disney film, like childish slapstick. Yeah. And then we're talking about Ray. Uh, rape and racist stuff and I don't think erections. A, I don't think taking a ball to the balls is classic Disney. I, it's very lowbrow, lowest common denominator well, yeah. sort of thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're just too sophisticated to him with our French New Wave films. Oh, that's it, exactly. Yeah. Then um, it, the waitress from the diner is in this uh, scene as well. She's serving the hottest chili. Yeah. And um, I didn't catch the name. It is Marissa Tamai, by the way. Well, here's the thing. The diner's called Maggie's. The waitress, as everybody refers to her, her name is also Maggie. So when they keep referring to her with the term waitress, what she actually is, is a business owner. A small (laughs) business owner um, who basically is a restaurateur, but they all the time refer to her as a waitress. They don't even mention that she's called Maggie until right near the end of the film. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was very annoyed at that as well. Because... In all, all fairness, I get called a receptionist at work. <laughs> Are you the only one that bothers answering the phone? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, then we go to... Yeah, oh, the note I've made here is, so we're on a road trip, but it's quite obvious at this point the road trip has ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. That element were about... I want to say another 45 minutes or so towards the end, but that road trip helmet is gone. Yeah. They're now sticking to this town. William H. Macy's found a love interest, can't go anywhere else. Yeah. So instead, they spend their time slapping a bull. <laughs> yeah. So the de- the sheriff who we'd met in the previous scene introduces us to his deputies, which are twins. And apparently the joke there is that twins are funny, mm-hmm. um, which, again, kind of happens a lot in a lot of this kind of film and i don't really understand it i've suddenly got the tim burton alice in wonderland remake in mind when oh, where, where matt, matt lucas played for two twins that was a yeah. fucking awful film no. we're not doing that one yeah I, so I've, I've decided that's banned that's absolutely fine yes uh yeah so they go and play slap the bull which is literally slapping a bull um as you can expect so john travolta does it is okay and then the gag is tim allen goes to do it and then, like, the police are like, well, I sure hope he does okay now. The bull's aware after being slapped that there's people there. Because we've never had two in a row kind of thing. No, and so all hell breaks loose, as you'd expect. Yeah. People flying in the air, no sense of physics or, you know, more uh, or fatal injuries happening. Then we go back to the fair at night. Um, Carl Gas is still singing. Mm. Just like Jack Black. If anything, he's turning into Black Jack. He, <laughs> he sounds more like Jack Black the further he goes. Yeah. Um, then they're all sitting around having beers. The waitress really wants to dance with Nerd Guy, but Nerd Guy can't dance. He's so neurotic about it, isn't he? So here we get the next rom-com scene for me, which is yeah. um, 
away from everybody else in the b- bushes, pretty much, John Travolta gives him dance lessons. <laughs> That's so gay. Yeah. And this is this is where I put the note. I'm genuinely worried they are going to hook up in this film, and I really did not want that to happen. Luckily, it didn't, but it felt like it was Ugh. leading to it. Could you imagine? Be like sandpaper rubbing against each other. <laughs> but no homo, Chris. Definitely, Ab- definitely no homo. Absolutely no homo. No mo. Anyway, um, I don't understand why he couldn't just it, he could have just been able to dance. That would have been fine. Because in the next bit, he does pretty okay right away after two minutes with John Travolta. Suddenly he's dancing like I don't know. Name a famous dancer, um, <laughs> John Travolta. Yeah. Oh yeah. Probably. Probably. Oh, is That's that what we're going for? That's the joke. Oh, for Chris. fuck's sake! Oh fuck! I've done it again. I've pulled so, the microphone. So, out. So, 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 so you've pulled out a. You've revealed one of the jokes in the same way I think I've picked up on a joke later on that no fuck all get, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, then... Um, How about you, Mike? Because you were reading the IMDb earlier when I saw I you. I was, yeah. yeah. Um, so they go to this dance, and you, what we hear is a big band swing music happening. But when they pan across, there are four musicians, which is one guitarist and three saxophonists. <laughs> 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 Yeah. So, so the dancing goes oh well so well there's a bit of a pratfall where Mace accidentally flings Mrs. Tamai into some people but she's okay with it she's as much as, as a klutz as he is he Aww. does at one point because he's panicking he does the sprinkler move um, and as he does it the sound effect of a sprinkler plays over it and I hate it when films do that mm. because it's the only kind of non-realistic thing that uh, happens. Uh, well, apart from the mushroom cloud explosion. Uh, no, no, you use the proper term. Remember your film studies. Oh, extra diegetic yes! sound. Got it. Extra diegetic sound. Yes, mate. <laughs> but, That's been sitting there in my brain for <laughs> 15 years waiting <laughs> to be used. Finally used it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel dead chuffed with myself now. Anyway, two of the uh, Del Fuegos turn up. And cause trouble. Well, not really, because they they report it back, but then... Oh, no, they do stop a guy around, don't they? Yes, which they cause, do. Yeah, so which causes Martin Lawrence to suddenly be really confident, because, yeah, John Travolta spoke to him, all lawyer stuff. Yeah, so he can't assault him. So he squirts them with ketchup and mustard, that really macho thing to do. Yeah, you see, I had a problem with this, because... Surely he has just assaulted them back, therefore he can be as much trouble as they would be for causing any trouble. And wouldn't him doing that technically invalidate the bad thing that John Travolta did? Yeah. It could be dropped. I know he like blew up an entire bar, but surely he would just like let that go in the background now. I don't know why John Travolta suddenly carries all this yeah. guilt considering Mike Lawrence just full out provoked him. But then... After Martin Lawrence basically just throws sauce at this guy, one guy, um, the town acts as if, and the wild hogs act as if they've saved the day. Yeah. And they get kind of praised and they're all acting tough. Um, and then Tim Allen rings his missus, who tells Martin Lawrence's missus, who is round at her house, about the road trip, which obviously she didn't know was happening. Yeah. So she gets mad because, of course she would. Of course she would. You, you can imagine how she gets mad. So basically, 
road trip, but in a very shrieky voice. Yeah. I'm not even going to try it. Yeah. And then uh, Geek manages to finally snog the waitress. Uh, Awkwardly. And this, is, this is when I'd written, look, business owner Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad that they just kept referring to her as waitress, which is the most derogatory term for what she was. I think they should have snogged for the William H. Macy and gone, and uh, what's your name again? <laughs> yeah. Um, like sat right in front of like that Maggie's sign. Then next day, the Delfuegos turn up, so they they hide. Um, and Travolta finally fesses up that he didn't actually like threaten to sue them. He blew up the bar. And there's almost... But again, Martin Lawrence also did the thing, therefore he needs to sh- share blame for this because he made them aware of where they were. Yeah. And then... Uh, mm, never mind. I quite liked um, Ray Liotta's characters like, Wild hogs, come out, come out, wherever you are. And it really reminded me of, like, Warriors, Warriors. come out to play. That was probably the reference. Probably. If the, the references here are so tenuous. Yeah. And then John Travolta finally reveals to everyone that he ain't got no, a wife no more as well. Mm. And, but, it, but and not, he's lost... not because he's homo, though. No, definitely not. Definitely not homo. And he's lost all of his no homo clients. Yeah, and all of his no homo money. Yeah. No mo no. <laughs> nope. No homo no. <laughs> hey! <laughs> um, so Tim, then Tim Allen gets really angry at him and basically says... So this whole road trip was just because you hate your life. And I was like, that is exactly the same reason he left on the road trip anyway. That's so... why we're all here. You all <laughs> hate your lives. <laughs> so yeah, basically this is the point just before the conclusion where everyone falls out for contrived reasons. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So in every film like this, they always have a bit where they all split up. And they go their own separate ways so they can come back together as a reunited team. Yeah, Avengers Assemble. But I this... think this is the quickest turnaround for that ever. Yeah, because within five seconds they've all come back together, haven't they? I think if you literally got a timer on it, it couldn't be more than a minute and a half. No. But yeah, they they all go to Maggie's house together yes. to hide, despite the fact that they've had their falling out. Um, and... William H. Macy decides that he's going to take on the whole mob on his own. Yeah, because bear in mind, the gang have taken Maggie's, that, the restaurant hostage, basically. Yeah. They're going in there, trashing the place. But, but then, because he turns up, they take him hostage instead. So he handed them himself on a plate, yeah. basically. He, he tries to act all cool. He's like got a lead pipe, but he accidentally throws it backwards, and it just all goes a bit wrong. Ah, he's so awkward again, despite the fact he just did the thing that made him awkward. You know, you know, get a snog, and suddenly he's back to square one again. Completely unrelated to anything that's happening currently, but a note that I had to write down at this point was that um, before we went on this road trip, we had all these pratfalls to say that William H. Macy's character was clumsy and can't ride a bike. Then the instant we get on the road trip, none of that happens. No, it doesn't, does it? We've At this point, we've not seen him have a single accident on the road trip. No. Which is like, oh, all right. Mm. Just wanted to point that out. Lost his bike, though. Well, yeah, to be fair, that's not the best thing to happen. The idiot. But yeah, Ray Liotta's character comes back and he's shouting out basically that they're going to charge the Wild Hogs 10 grand um, disobedience fees and 40 grand to rebuild the diner. At this point, I was like, well, yeah, all right. 
That sounds it's fair. It's fine, yeah. Let's just destroy their property. I don't see anything wrong with that. And let's face it, I've seen, we've seen the households that we all live in before we go on a road trip. They can afford it. Yeah. Remortgage for house, Tim. <laughs> it's at this point that you kind of think, are they, are our wild hogs the baddies? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be something, wouldn't it? Like a sort of like, like a double turn. So suddenly like, the um, Del Fuegos become the good guys. And they start crying because they've lost their bar and everything. Oh, we'll get to them crying very, very, very shortly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they threaten that they're going to break Nerd Boy's legs. Um, this is a very uncomfortable image that we then see, which is they hang... Oh, no. Sorry, it's not their legs. There's a gag where they say, well, that's no good. I'm a computer programmer. Oh, yeah, so, so they're they... going to break his hands instead. Yeah. But then we go to them, they hang him from a tree in the middle of the town. And I felt this was a very uncomfortable image because considering you've got your small town, you've got your gang of white, mm-hmm. angry men, it felt very much like Lynch-ing. a lynch mod. Yep. Lynch mob, sorry. Um, there's a very obvious reason they didn't have Martin Lawrence in this scene. Yes. Good point. Very, very, very good point. I didn't even think about it like that, but yeah. <laughs> Obviously, everything that's going on is so silly, but just the actual visual image of him hanging from a tree really yeah. did not sit comfortably with me. <laughs> Considering a lot of these bike gangs are quite notoriously uh, white nationalists as well. Yeah. Yeah. They could have probably done this a bit better. I mean, I get it. It's a setup for the gag coming up now, but... Yeah. Bit close to the bone, probably. Yeah. So then they, the rest of the gang, come together again. Oh, they're back together! Fantastic. <laughs> I, I've, I missed them. Yeah. Gosh, this is like the Beatles reforming. <laughs> oh, it totally is. Yeah. So they're off to get this guy, and they, they kind of vaguely discuss their plan. But Tim Allen makes a big point of saying that they must get to, he must get to thirty-five miles per hour on his bike before he reaches so and so. As if, like, it's the fucking DeLorean and it's going yeah. to travel back in time. And he mentions it about three times. And I've no fucking idea why he needs to be at 35 miles an hour. I think it might be a Back to the Future reference. I honestly think, apart from that, that's the only thing it could be. Well, I said, for doing references, but we're not doing them correctly. It's weird. Or with any context, especially no. this one. Yeah. So the idea is that they're gonna. he's going to... Because... Nerd guy is hanging from the tree by rope, but also duct tape. So he thinks it'll be quite easy to snap him off. So he was going to jump at him, basically. Yeah. Um, but this doesn't work. No. There's also a me- reference to Tim Allen asks the others to call him the Golden Knight. Do you know if that's a reference? To no, I, I just think that's a old nickname he came up for himself when he was younger. Trying to recapture his youth again. His dangerous youth. Yeah. But it doesn't, yeah, nothing else is referenced to the Golden Knight in the whole film, so it gets very... It's not, no. It doesn't make much sense. It, it feels like a lot. Uh, it probably got referenced earlier on, but when it got cut out. Yeah. And then when the bad guys threaten to burn down the diner, uh, John Travolta comes forward and says, you know, it was me, don't don't take it out on everyone else. Um, and they decide... The, uh, the decision is made between everybody that there will be a fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, so it's going to be four and four, and it's going to be wrestling reference war games. It's not though; oh, it's, no. it's just just a four and four. I know more of a Survivor Series match actually. And um, the bad guys suddenly have an an Asian guy 
so that he can rip off all of his clothes and pretend to be like a a ninja. He's fucking ripped to shreds. A, a martial artist. Um, and I thought it was interesting that they chose that this non-white character would be the, the person to fight Martin Lawrence. Yeah. So you've got your racial team up versus like all the other white people. It's, yeah, it's a bit odd. It is odd. Although no homo, I wish I had the same percent body fat as he did. It'd be a bit to fuck. He's <laughs> very lean. Yes. <laughs> um, the All I put about the fight scene was not terrible. It, it was okay. It was... um. Because bear in mind, William H. Macy's still lacking bloody duct tape and all that lot as well, so he can't actually fight properly. Not very good in the first place. It's very un- uh, one-sided. Yeah. The Wild Hogs get their asses <clears throat> kicked again and again, but the thing is that they keep getting back up again. They're heroic, they're manly. They stay together as friends. And Boy just keeps going on and on and on until... So if they're basically they're not going to win, so they need two diversions. Basically, say okay, fuck it, okay, we'll end this fight scene. Quick distraction. So first of all, the rest of the town come together with weapons, and they're willing to fight them off. And then we get this other guy, Blade. What we've not mentioned at any point in our review so far is this character who is referenced a couple of times by Ray Liotta as basically the owner of the. Well, no, they never actually say that he was the owner of the bar. I don't. I can't remember him saying the name Blade. Yeah, but it, basically there was this old guy that bu- built the bar, and he's this mythical figure, essentially, yep. that they always talk about, but we never see. And he rocks up, and it's Peter Fonda. Um, yeah. Obviously from, famously from Easy Rider. Yeah, that was the other reference. I must admit, I had to look it up afterwards. I did not know, because the film yeah. gets very reverent, doesn't it? It, it, it does, yeah. It's like... Here is the big cameo of the film, but I haven't a clue who he was. <laughs> no, I, d- I, I didn't recognise him. And uh, here's a hot take for you. Easy Rider is one of the worst films I've ever seen. Really? It is fucking shit. Not seen it. it it's this post-hippie sort of stoner burnout film. It makes no sense. It's a right. load of old gibberish bollocks. Right. I, I fucking hate it. And the whole town then cheers the wild hogs, despite them having not resolved the conflict at all. No. Because basically, yeah, this blade guy turns up and says, well, uh, the bar was insured, so I don't know what you're all fighting over. Yeah. I've got lots of money, and I'm fine. Uh, also, you guys in Del Fuegos, you're the real posers. Not not these guys who are friends and stand up to you and keep getting up after being punched back down, but you're posers. Yeah, so the Del Fuegos just leave. Yeah, they do, yeah, bugger off. Um, and then the wives arrive. Again, this doesn't make sense. So they've been on the road for quite a few days now. But yet the wives were able to chase up overnight. They must have done what some hell of a mile. Because where is it from? Is it Cincinnati? Wasn't Cincinnati, it? yeah. And we're in New Mexico right now. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Is that the other side of the country? Virtually. We better look now. We've said that. Yes, yeah, I, I, I committed. <coughs> I committed very quickly there to that. I'm not that good on American geography. You see, New Mexico to Ohio. So according to this, it is a 22-hour, nine-minute drive away, <laughs> and they somehow make it across in about, at best, about 16 hours. 
one of my biggest criticisms of the newer um, Star Wars films is that it's very well established that it takes a long time to traverse the galaxy, even at light speed and stuff, in the older films. But in the new Star Wars films, they just piss about all over the place within seconds. Teleport. Must be. Yeah, or or, or takes place on the holodeck. But yeah, the wives arrive, and um, I did not listen to what happened in this scene. I stopped caring, and that is the note that I wrote. I was so close to the finish line. And I that's stopped. your final note. Um, no, after that, all I wrote was "nerd crashed." Oh yeah. So, so after this apparently twenty-two-hour drive through a ripping space of time to get there, <laughs> um, uh, Martin Lawrence basically finally talks back to his wife, and she's like, "Oh yeah, fine, okay, I forgive you. You continue on your road trip because they're not even finished on the road trip yet. But moving on from here, I mean, well." For some reason, uh, Tim Allen's wife has come along, and the son as well, for some reason. And they're like, oh yeah, you're doing great. Wow, Dad, you're so cool, you got punched out by a guy. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're moving on from the road trip, and uh, William H. Macy and Mr. Tamai are all still loved up. And she says, when are you going to be back? And he says, oh, I don't know, the roads and all that lot. And he says, oh, actually, it's going to be about like six days, a couple of hours, give or take, wind resistance. Nerd things. Yeah. And as they drive off heroically, William H. Macy crashes again. That'll be my nerd crash. Yes. Therefore, reverting back. But that's not even the end of the film. They finally get to the beach, don't they? Yeah, they they get to California. And they've travelled all that way. And what do they do? Stare at women in bikinis. Girls! <laughs> Women's knickers! <laughs> he could have done that on his laptop when he was in the cafe at the very beginning of the film. Yeah. Without leaving his home. And, but to show character development for William H. Macy, um, so he starts stumbling across again because he's seen all these lovely girls with their boobs. Yeah. And, but he doesn't crash. And all the others just like, oh, yeah, I impressed you. Then the other three drive right into a surfboard and plank off. And then William H. Macy laughs to himself because he's finally not the klutz anymore. There's two really horrible shots in this bit where basically William H. Macy, he looks at women that he finds attractive. Yep. Then he talks across to the other guys basically saying, aren't they hot? But... It's done by William H. Macy looking directly into the camera and we are then the other bikers. Yeah. And so William H. Macy made eye contact with me personally and was like, oh, fucking look at all these 18-year-old babes. I want to shag them. And I just wanted to be sick. (laughs) Oh, dear. And that's how the film ends. Not fully. Oh, there were, no, you're quite right. There were some uh, post-credit scenes, weren't there, over the credits? There were, yeah. So this is weird, really random, and I think they only did it because they had the guy available for it. So in a bit that really ages this, really plants this in 2007, yeah. we get a skit of Extreme Makeover Home Edition, which, did you ever watch it back in the day? No, I was aware of it, but... It, and I know what kind of happens, but... Excruciating television. Like, really, supposed to be feel-good, happy-clappy sort of reality. Oh, yeah, we're a bit broken down. But, oh, look, all these people come together to build this really extravagant home for you. Changing rooms, but with a soul. Yeah, it was basically like changing rooms, but 
with more an extreme ex- with an absolute douche uh, bro um, of of a host presenting yeah. it. I don't know why. I'd I just looked at his name again. Ty Pennington. I got no idea why, but I had an irrational hatred of the guy back then. I thought you were going to say a huge crush on the guy. No, what with his bloody soul patch, bloody beard, and bloody frosted tips, and, and his bloody pop punk voice. He looked like the kind of guy that would have agreed with everything Tim Allen and John Travolta said in oh, this film. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> so the skit here is that they have helped the Del Fuegos have built a new bathroom, and then everyone in the Del Fuegos, including Ray Leota, eventually starts crying because they're so happy. Right. And it was all arranged by the Wild Hogs because they're such nice guys to them now, apparently, for some reason. I used the loophole that I'd finally made it to the credits so I didn't have to watch anymore. It went on for like four minutes as well. (laughs) But it was just like, why is this here? Yeah. Like, is this film like, bear in mind, you know, this is a Disney film. It's got some huge BC list actors in there. And then suddenly you're going to stoop soft by bringing a reality TV show host in there. But then again, they also had like the American Chopper guys in there, so this has just aged itself really badly right away. It has. Yeah, so that's Wild Hog. Sorry, yeah. Tim. Thanks for that, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, it was something different, and this well, is definitely different. This is Revenge of Adam Sandler, anyway. Yeah, when you picked it, I assumed it was Revenge for Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, to be that I'll say. Plus, <laughs> after like making reference to Tim Allen and slagging him off for like the last four podcasts running, I thought I better, you know, be fair and review something that wasn't the Santa Claus. <laughs> to be fair, you wanted to prove that he was a bit of a shit. <laughs> yeah, and this is coming from someone who really enjoyed Home Improvement back in the day. Oh yeah, we- when I was a kid and didn't know any better and didn't know what a twatty was, then yeah, yeah I did. I loved it. When I was 10 years old, I didn't understand sexual politics. Yeah. Anyway, so... What did you think, Tim? If you couldn't tell, I fucking hated this film. <laughs> Every single second. There was no... The di- the script was horrendous. There was nothing... No part of the dialogue was even entertaining. No. None of the characters were likeable. And I'm not genuinely not sure if that was supposed to be... The, the case. I don't know if we were supposed to hate everybody. I don't know if we were supposed to be on their side. I genuinely don't know because the whatever was supposed to be humour was so not landing that I don't know what was supposed to be a joke and what wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a filmmaking side of things, technically it looked absolutely fine, but I found absolutely zero enjoyment from this film. And I know, and I know, I'm a big queer woke like lefty and but i it it goes beyond the content of it i yep. just found it so lacking in any kind of entertainment value it was fucking trash <laughs> anyway chris what did you think of the film it was perfectly passable <laughs> 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 yeah it was it was fine I, I I didn't hate it. I mean, of course, the whole bit of gay panic I thought was a bit problematic. But apart from that, I, I didn't really have any issues, to be fair with it. 
it, 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 don't get me wrong, it's not like bloody should have won an Academy World or anything like that. And it was low-brow as fuck, but then again, I like wrestling, so, you know, what do you expect from me? I mean, we've watched other films that are passable, but I feel like this is less than passable just because I just didn't find anything enjoyable and I didn't find anything... I didn't want to go on the journey. I didn't... Oh, just everything about it was not fun. Okay. I, I feel like the, there are other films that we've seen that I would definitely class as passable. This was not it. I get a thing we're not getting past 10 gems here and it's not going to be my fault. Well, I'm going to let you go first because I want to hear your gems and I don't want me, my gems to influence influence yours. You mean to pump it up a bit? Is yeah. that what you mean? Okay, um, I'm going to give it six gems. Again, I've, I mean, I've seen it before. I don't have that many issues with it. I've it's it's disposable trash, basically. It's very, it's just trash. It's very of its time. It's very two thousand and seven, but it does a job. Yeah. How about you, Tim? I don't think we could be friends anymore, Chris. I think this is the last episode of the podcast. Finally, I'm free! Yes! <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, Chris jumped out of the window head first. <laughs> right, okay. We're not getting past ten here, are we? No joke. I was going to give it a one. But John Travolta had a Motorola Razor, so it's a two. Hey! Motorola Razor, get in. The best phone that's ever existed. I think I might have allowed you to scrap two between our scores yet, isn't it? The biggest discrepancy, yeah, yeah. Apart from maybe Million Dollar Duck, I'm pretty sure I gave that a seven. It's, uh, yeah, pretty pretty similar, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I've just realised technically it's my pick for the next film and I've not thought about it for a second. Boo. Oh, no. No, it's not. Uh, next episode, uh, we've got a, a special guest. My good friend Dana Galbraith is going to be visiting uh, Grimsby. So we thought we'd be should be a brilliant guest on the episode. We used to um, do a bad movie club when we lived in York together, and uh, obviously we started with The Room and then carried on from there. Nice, good start, do. very good start. Um, with some of our friends that we used to, it was me and Dana that used to curate the films. Um, so she has picked the next film, and it is called Kidnapped. Oh, okay. It's an old school one. I think it's 50s or 60s. I've no idea what it is at all. All I know is it's not currently on Disney Life, but we will have Disney Plus by then, so I've no idea if it's on there yet. My guess is it's about a kidnapping. Probably, yeah. So So maybe it's a kidnapping, but what type of animal are we going to (laughs) use? My guess is a goat. I'm going to bring up the bingo card, and I'm going to write the film based on... uh, some of these. Okay. So, yeah, they, it'll be, a, as you say, a kidnapped goat, yep. um, which for some reason has been dyed bright blue. Yep. For no apparent reason. Um, it hates the Jews. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, it is a talking goat, so for the whole film, there's a really dodgy human mouth um, digitally added over the uh, face. Um, and the voice will be a crappy voice actor uh, that's a child. And yeah. and the villain is the goat's existentialist crisis. 
and there'll be a, a half-assed musical number about the big blue goat, the big blue goat. <laughs> We're sexually assaulting the big blue goat. Oh, oh dear. The, the villain will drive a Volkswagen Beetle. So they all do. Where can people find you on the internet, Chris? Well, if I've not been banned from Twitter, I'm at, at Kid Swole. Um, please don't sue me, Sony Music, <laughs> for a meme I did a year ago. <laughs> and uh, where can we find you, Tim? You can find this podcast at Podwam on Twitter, and we're also on Instagram at Without a Mouse. And you can also find me on Twitter at TimblesRH. Oh, very good then. Well, um, is this the bit where we say bye? Uh, I think this is the bit where we uh, we kiss, but like in a no homo way. No, definitely not gay. Are we gonna go skinny dipping down at the Humber? Um, yeah, go on. All right, not gay. <laughs> bye. Without a mouse is part of the We Made This Podcast Network. Logo by Chris House. Theme tune by Ether Or. Previously on the We Made This Network. We buy records. Now, I know you wanted a record by the High Llamas. Yeah. Called Hawaii. Yeah. Now, if you look online, I don't think there's a single near mint copy left for sale in the whole world. But I managed to find you one, Tim. And I gave it to you. I was so, I was more happy giving it to you than you probably were receiving it. And what did you do when I gave it to you, Tim? played it and scratched it yes ah, it happens you know hey, i i i, get I just wanted you to admit on air it. that you'd uh, made a complete rickets with the record because you know i sort of halved the value of it but it's not about the money is it no 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 it's just it was it was it's about my it, idiocy that's what it's about. yes absolutely make it so Star Trek Picard podcast. On the official Picard podcast, the production designer was talking about how they were amazed by how great the Borg Cube set was once they built it, actually. They thought it was going to be, you know, they designed something, but they didn't quite anticipate how good it was going to be for reusing. So they've got these really good sets, but maybe they found that doing certain things was going to cost too much money. It's hard to say. I, I think... It is a bit See, of a the more Star Trek changes, the more it stays the same. <laughs> well, there you go. Without a mouse. When you watch it on the Disney Life app, whenever you watch a film, it has a short sort of description that comes up every time you pause it. So uh, I wrote it down because not knowing where this film was going to go, I just wanted to read it first and then come back to it later. It said, A heroic, inspirational adventure that will thrill beyond imagination. These descriptions of this app are very vague. Yeah, this could literally be talking about any action film ever. Yeah, it literally could be Wonder Woman. But what, what stood out for me was the use of the word inspirational, as if like... Is he? I know, exactly. I thought, I'll write it down, and then by the end, I'll, we'll go back and yeah. decide if that, was the, if that was true or not. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This Podcast Network. Mm-hmm.